0: coming up on the talk show a wild ending to a wild week one monday night football was crazy i have reaction from all the games from week one my jets and what happened with zach wilson and sam darnold and the quote-unquote revenge game so much more the storylines from the packers failure to i don't know anyone else's success all that and more plus a little yankee talk at the end a lot coming up on the talk show stick around Week one of the NFL season is in the books. And what did we just watch? Monday Night Football did not disappoint. It was hectic. It was crazy chaos. The whole weekend was awesome, starting with Thursday night, obviously. You've heard me talk since the Thursday night game. I'll get back to that in a minute. But I want to start with Monday night and what we with what we just saw out in Las Vegas. True show. It was Vegas. That's what it was. The Ravens, we knew their season was going to be chaotic. Um, before the game, I was saying this had the chance. The Ravens have the chance of being that team who is just everything goes wrong. Sky is falling from jump street, uh, already missing so many starters before the first snap of the season has even started. And they kept it together. They actually looked really good. Lamar was impressive at times. He was. We know what Lamar is at this point. I mean, he missed some easy throws. Um, he missed some passes. He had a couple of drops from the receivers. Mark Andrews had a big one. Um so we know what this offense is already. Uh he obviously is incredible with his feet and what he can do and I talked about in a 4 minute drill like he had at the end of the game and I guess I'm starting here. Um 3 minutes 44 seconds, two timeouts and a 2 minute warning. He is the perfect guy for that scenario cuz he's going to bring the clock all the way down and leave you with almost nothing and if he doesn't score a touchdown and I picked the game I said it would be Ravens by a t- uh, by a field goal. That's what I said on Thursday. Um, the line was four. I took the Raiders because I thought it would be Ravens by a field goal. And with 35 seconds left, I was looking pretty good. And then Derek Carr made four of his best plays of the ga- plays of the game. And the reason I say four is because he made those two plays over the middle, those two throws he had to have. They were perfect. And then he gets the offense together to spike those two balls. The offense, which looked totally discombobulated all game, the offense that looked totally lost at times all game with the, with the snaps and the the holding and the false starts and the penalties and just delay of games and so many different things and so many miscues and so many drops also on their side of the ball specifically Darren Waller and Derek Carr throwing it behind him a bunch of times so many different things that didn't go wrong that didn't go right I should say for the Raiders and on that one drive it all came together capping off with a 54-yard field goal to tie it and then they go into overtime and in overtime what happens it looks like they're going to win this game. They're marching down the field. They get a huge play for a touchdown. But no, it gets called back to the half-yard line. And then and then a false start. What's happened all day, a false start moves the offense back. They were a half a yard away from the end zone. And then Derek Carr with one of his worst throws. Those he made, uh, back-to-back throws, he made his best throw of the day and his worst throw of the day. That back-shoulder pass that he made on the sideline that should have won the game, that ultimately they call him down at the half-yard line, is an incredible pass. And this shows you exactly what Derek Carr is. I was talking to a friend of mine. He was like, what's Derek Carr? I mean, he's incredible at times. And early on in the game, and, and it was just early on in the game, they're calling these deep passes. They're not making plays. They're not running the offense. Josh Jacobs was their best player. Obviously, they ran him into the ground with his toe injury or whatever that was. And they didn't want to run him anymore at the end of the game. Um, but he's was their most consistent player on the field. But they're calling these deep balls that aren't working. And Waller and and Carr weren't on the same page all day. Sometimes they obviously hooked up for some great plays. Really just a wild, wild game on offense for the Raiders. And then Derek Carr gives you the best throw of the day. Um, And they're down at the half-yard line. Obviously, everyone thinks it's a touchdown. It's a party on the field. They clear it off. They clean it up. They come back. And then the Ravens get the interception, a throw that... Derek Carr tried to squeeze in there, which if he just throws a little softer or a little lower, it's an easy touchdown, but instead he zips it just you know, out of the reach over the head a little bit and a little bit too hard. It tips off his receiver's hands, tips into the end zone, and the Ravens pick it off. And now the Ravens are driving, and then Lamar Jackson and Carl Nassib forces a fumble on Lamar Jackson, and then the Raiders get it back. They try to kick a field goal. They They really wanted to kick a field goal, but another <laughs> delay of game. I mean, just such a mess and such classic Raiders. This is what we expect from them all year. And then they end up coming back and throwing a ridiculous touchdown. What a play call there because, you know, they they didn't leave a safety over the top. They're calling an all-out blitz. They're expecting the run. Everyone's expecting the run. They run a rub route. And all Derek Carr has to do is buy himself enough time. He backpedals, backpedals, and just heaves it as far as he can off his back foot. You know it's second down. You could still run a third down play to try and pick up the artage and then kick the field goal on fourth down. He just backs up as far as he can and throws it as far as he can. And they get the touchdown, walk it off. Wild, wild game. What the hell did we just just watch? And now Baltimore, if you look at their side of it, they're in serious danger for being the 0-2 team. Um, I'm going to talk about this throughout the podcast, I guess. There's always that 0-2 team, the team that starts 0-2. And... It's like, oh, my God, the sky is falling. And then we hear all the stats, you know, teams that are 0-2, This is there's chances. Now there's an extra playoff game, uh, team this year. So I guess all those statistics get thrown out the window. But we know it is, how difficult it is for teams to come back from 0-2. And, and now they have to host the Kansas City Chiefs on Sunday night, who we'll talk about soon. Um, but I picked that game correctly, I guess, because the Raiders won. I didn't think the Raiders would win. But as that game went on, it seemed like maybe they would back and forth the whole time. Lamar Jackson disappeared for the third quarter. So many different things. I mean, just a wild game. And with everything else, I've had time. And it's Monday night. I've had time to di- digest most of the other stuff that I watched. There's This is instant, pure, raw reaction. No time to di- digest this. So here's what's going to be happening. Um, I guess I I wanted to record last night, but then I was watching the games with friends and I was out. So that didn't happen. Um, I'm going to be away starting tomorrow night and for the next like two weeks with all the holidays coming up we have the high holidays and you know all the Jewish holidays coming up basically every week for the next two and a half weeks um so I'm gonna try and record find time to record during that times but I'm not gonna have my consistent twice a week schedule I do want to preview um neck you know I want to preview next week's games I do want to do tiers of teams um you know like Super Bowl contenders and playoff teams and all that but um, I don't know when I'm going to have an opportunity to do that podcast because Thursday is a fast day. It's uh, Yom Kippur and then Thursday night is already Thursday night football. So maybe I'll do it Friday. I'll have to squeeze it in at some point. Um, a lot to talk about. But first, we'll go over my picks from this game or from this week. Rather, uh, we'll talk about some takeaways I had and a couple of points. Um, and if I get to it, if I have time, maybe I'll just do the tiers of teams now. So that's the setup for the podcast. And here we go. So I want to start with my um, my first takeaway actually from this week. And then we'll get into the games. My first takeaway was I love the new numbers. A lot of people thought I'm crazy, but the new numbers, the guys wearing number six, DBs wearing number six, um, running backs. And it looks like college football a little bit. I think it's so cool. I, I I really dig it. Um, Just seeing those guys fly around the field. It's kind of fun. I, I don't know. I like it. So a lot of people think I'm crazy. I think it I don't I, I can't put my finger on it I'm gonna have to like do a deep soul search <laughs> to see why I love it so much I know people don't so um I'll look into that uh, I'll get back to you guys on that I want to go back to Thursday night because I obviously talked about that game but like I said there's always time once we di- digest it we have time to think about it let it marinate a little bit and then we come up you know everyone likes everyone's reaction or right? if you heard part two of last week's podcast if you didn't you should definitely go back and listen to it one of the more um introspective podcast and by the way my yankees oh my god maybe we'll get to them at the end of this episode cuz there's a lot to talk about um as always it's been one of those years uh i haven't experienced one of those years quote unquote since uh in my lifetime but this sure as hell has been one um so let's go back that you know Dallas that game has marinated a little bit so i want to talk about that the bucks and Dallas um not much to say about tom brady left everyone always wants to either praise him or, you know, find a negative, but there's nothing left to say. Like with LeBron James, when he keeps coming back and being incredible, you, people are still going to jump at Jordan. There's nobody else. And, There's no prospect for somebody. This is what Ryan Russell was talking about. Is there a prospect for someone? Is there somebody who you could point out in the league right now and be like, yeah, he's going to catch Brady or he has a chance to catch Brady. You know, that was the headline or the storyline going to the Super Bowl last year. It was like, oh, well, if Patrick Mahomes plays incredibly in this game and he beats Brady, well, then maybe he has a chance to catch Brady. It's the passing of the torch. Well, that didn't quite happen because Tom Brady beat him in the Super Bowl. And Tom Brady and the Bucks look better in week one than they did at any point last year almost. Um, Tom Brady's arm strength was better than it was at any point last year His moving around in the pocket, which is obviously what's made him incredible is just as good as it's ever been. His feet in the pocket are so quick, eluding the rush while keeping his eyes downfield. So what people are going to ask now, the negative people, can he keep it up? Maybe he's going to tire out. You know, he is 44 until he shows signs of fatigue. I would not bet against him. (laughs) That's it's that simple. Um, can Gronk hold up Gronk looked better than he has in about five years. Even those years at the end of the new England, where he looked hurt, he was like rumbling around. Now he was flying around the field. He was running. He, I thought he looked excellent. He looked definitely better than he did at any point last year. Antonio Brown, same goes for him. He just looked insane. So those two guys, we'll see what happens with them. If those guys are actually that good. I mean, watch out because that team should not have won last year. This is what I think uh, Bill Simmons was talking about this. We always talk about the team and I'm going to get to this a little bit later in the um a little bit later in the podcast is how there's always those teams that you know the team that you expect to pop everyone is is on them they usually don't win but then they end up winning the next year when people then underrate them after we overrate them it's kind of what everyone did with bryce harper everyone was screaming that he's overrated they actually became underrated when in reality he was never overrated again i love bryce harper um so we do that with teams and last year everyone's like oh tampa 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 Um, and then they never actually click they're never good but kind of a couple lucky breaks with the injuries to the Chiefs and um, they go on the road and win those three playoff games and games that they didn't play their best football they didn't play their best all year long and then this year could be the year where they just blow everyone out of the water where it really finally clicks and they come together and it's kind of like the year after so and Gronk Antonio Brown Brady's arm strength those are all key factors there Uh, but be advised fantasy owners I am an owner, proud owner of Chris Godwin and Antonio Brown um, and be advised because Evans, Scotty Miller, they didn't play a huge part, Mike Evans and Scotty Miller in the, the game plan. But we know how much Brady loves to spread the ball around. If next week it's Mike Evans and the week after it's Scotty Miller and it's just up and down, you never know if who you can rely on for those points. I wouldn't be shocked. That's what Brady has done throughout his career. So he's going to keep us on our toes. But between Miller and Evans and Godwin and Brown and Gronk. Those are five legitimate, legitimate targets that we can rely on that Brady can rely on. And that, that offense is going to be prolific all year long. The biggest takeaway from that game. And I said it after the game, but I'll say it again. And I said this before the podcast, I said this, um, I thought Dak would come back stronger than ever. Dak, Dak, Dak. I am blown away. I thought he would come back better than ever. What I didn't, expect is he didn't look good like I said he, there was some it was a gritty performance there were, he was experiencing some angst obviously from you know coming back from those crazy injuries he was experiencing some rust the ball wasn't looking perfect coming out of his hand but it didn't matter that guy has guts that guy has heart and that guy is going to be a great quarterback and that offense is going to work if that defense can hold up which it wasn't terrible against Tom Brady I mean obviously you consider the Chris Godwin fumble without that that game <laughs> looks very different probably but it happened So we can't talk about the game without it with, but you know, all, you know, all said and done, the the Dallas defense looked solid and their offense was really, really good. So Dallas, like I said, they could be the best. I I picked them to win that division. That pick is still there. Amari Cooper and CD lamb looked as good as I thought they would. There were the missed field goals. They almost went down 10. They left too much time for Tom Brady at the end. So much, so many bad things happened, but so much good happened in that game for Dallas that I I, I only grew confidence in uh, Dallas in that game, even with all the bad. The only concern, and this is the overreaction, this is, all right, everyone, your, your first week one overreaction is Zeke done. And I don't know if I haven't really listen to the talking heads much today. Um, I listen to guys like uh, Bill Simmons and Ryan Rosillo, who I don't consider and Boomer Sizing, who I consider to be mostly even keeled when it comes to their reactions and how they judge uh, what they see. Um, so I don't, I, I didn't hear any of them say, Oh, is Zeke done? Zeke didn't look great. We know that the front seven and the linebackers for Tampa are really, really talented. It's one game. The offense looked good. They were playing from behind. They threw it a lot. So I wouldn't be too concerned. Um, The overreaction is to say is Zeke done? Obviously, it's not been just one game because he hasn't been good in about a year now. So I guess we'll have to wait and see. I I wouldn't jump to any conclusions. All right. So So that pick I got right, by the way. So 1-0. and I picked picked the under. I think it was like Bucks by 9. I picked the under. So the next game I also picked correctly. I thought the line was 4. I picked Carolina. They won by 5 against my Jets. Here's what I'll say. Sam Darnold hasn't changed. I was a Sam Darnold supporter. I was a big Sam Darnold fan from day one. And I still am a Sam Darnold fan and a Sam Darnold supporter. He hasn't changed. He shows flashes of talent. He's been able to get the ball off to Christian McCaffrey. If he had that ability in New York, I tweeted out during the game that he's what every Jet fan thought Le'Veon Bell would be for Sam Darnold and obviously never was. They gave him that huge money and then he stopped caring or I don't know what he did, but he had sat coming off of sitting out for a year. Le'Veon Bell obviously was never the same guy. Christian McCaffrey is incredible. He's good for 100 yards on the ground and 100 yards in the air every game. Don't forget that. When he's healthy, again, I was disappointed last year. He was on my fantasy team first overall pick, and he disappointed me all year. So all that is the good. the The, the better is DJ Moore. Those throws, some of those back shoulder throws that Sam Darnold threw to DJ Moore, I have not seen him make in New York, but DJ Moore is the best wide receiver Sam Darnold has ever had. Obviously, he had Robbie Anderson in New York. Seeing that connection made me a little bit sad, but it also made me happy. I'm happy for Sam. I like Sam. I always like Sam. You still see Misses open receivers, doesn't see the safety sometimes, overthrows guys, has happy feet in the pocket. All the negative is still there. There's a reason why the, you know, the second half numbers are what they are. I think he was six for 13 in the second half um, with only 45 yards after putting up incredible numbers over, what, 240 yards in the first half. What happened to Mackay Becton? What the hell happened to Makai Becton? Now he's out four to six weeks, maybe four to five weeks, they said afterwards. But he was terrible in that game. And by the way, CJ Mosley was terrible coming back after a year off I, I and really two years off. He's only played the first game the year before. I didn't, you know, it's not that crazy. Obviously, he he's still a leader out there. I don't hate the guy. I can't be mad at the guy for taking last year off. I know he was hurt the year before, but he was ineffective. He had one play late in the game, and it was the first time I heard his name all game. A good linebacker, and if you watch football, you know this. A good linebacker, you'll hear the broadcast call their name like four or five times a game. Um, and C.J. Mosley was not that. I really, really hope, and this is the biggest thing. I really hope the Jets don't ruin Zach Wilson. And after the first drive of the second half, I th- I was scared. I thought maybe they had lost him. I thought maybe they killed him. He looked disappointed on the sideline. He had kind of the happy feet and he missed a wide open receiver. But in that first half, even when he struggled, and obviously the second half, he played great. He put up, what, 180 yards in the second half, what through 66 completion percentage, um, and two touchdowns. And (laughs) those touchdowns were incredible passes, both of them. Um, He showed me everything, and I I wrote an article. I put it on Twitter, put it on YouTube, Facebook, uh, Instagram, all that. So go look. Sam, uh, Zach Wilson made thirteen plays in particular that are like, okay, this guy is legit. He was running for his life all day, and he made some plays. The two throws early in the first half that you know, one down the sideline to Corey Davis just gets a hand on it. Won the ball to uh, to Moore, who I don't know where he was all day. Obviously rookie, you can't, you know. But some of those plays, some of the plays where he's backing up, throwing off his back foot, and he just flick with a flick of the wrist, gets it over the middle. The play that he had um, to uh, to Braxton Berrios on the fourth and eight, the play that he had, and that was at the end of the game, obviously, the play that he had to Denzel Mims, um, and obviously the two touchdown passes. The guy showed flashes, and if you want to see the plays I'm talking about, and I, I wrote a little blurb about each of the 13 plays, again, the, the Jets... I expected their O-line to be better than this, and I'm disappointed in what I saw from the O-line. I'm nervous in what I saw from the O-line. The D-line was better. And by the way, they didn't fold in this game. When they went down 16-0 at the half, they didn't fold. They came out and actually played well, which that's a testament to Robert Sala. It's a testament to the psyche of this team, even though the talent is not there on defense. And obviously, the highlight of the whole game is their kicker. That guy, Amendola, decides, you know what? Fine, I'll punt. Your, our punters hurt. I'll punt. And he was incredible. And he had a lot of work to do in that first half. And he was great. Um, in the early window, I just want to point this out before I go through the rest of the games. I had the Jets on the big screen and red zone on the small screen. So if I miss a couple of things and you want to call me out and say, hey, you're kind of off on that. All right. Houston and Jacksonville. I did not get this game correctly. I thought Jacksonville would win. They did not. They got blown out. Um, two points that I wanted to make, there's a reason. And we saw this, there's a reason why Zach Wilson and Trevor Lawrence went first. Overall, the talent that they displayed in that, in their, uh, games was insane, but you know what else we saw in that game? There's a reason the Jacksonville Jaguars and the New York jets were picking first overall. Those two teams, those two rosters surrounding those two guys are terrible. And we know it's the first time Trevor Lawrence has lost in the regular season in his professional career, high school, college, anywhere. And we just hope, as football fans, that these two incredible, incredible talents don't get ruined by these just absolutely putrid rosters. All right. That's my moment that maybe I'll turn into a video for Instagram. Look out. (laughs) Um Houston, again, I guess, I don't know, with all the dysfunction last year, there was only one way for them to go, and that was up. So maybe that's what you can say. I don't know. I don't know what to make of that game at all. Again, I didn't see a ton of it. Cincinnati and Minnesota, I didn't realize how right I was about Minnesota because I picked Minnesota in this game. I thought they were terrible. I said before the season, Minnesota's terrible. But I just thought Cincinnati, the first game back, I didn't think Burrow would be great. I thought he'd be ginger. He came out and proved me and everyone else who doubted him wrong. He was so good in this game. Uh, Cincinnati's desire to have tie ballgames is crazy. They love playing to ties, but they actually go out and win. And Joe Burrow shocked me. Uh, Maybe not the world. Maybe you guys are like, yeah, Joe Burrow's great. But Joe Burrow is going to be an awesome quarterback in this year. Maybe they'll pick up a couple of wins because this offense will be that good. I still think Minnesota's terrible. So if Cincinnati comes out next week and gets absolutely killed, Don't be surprised at all. Tennessee and Arizona. I forgot how bad Tennessee's defense is. That was my number one takeaway from this game. I really forgot how much their defense sucks. It was a big problem last year. Henry's fine, by the way. They were just down big. They had to throw all game. Everyone's talking about, oh, Derrick Henry. He didn't do anything. What do you get? Three fantasy points, blah, 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 blah. Don't look at stats. He's fine. They had to throw all game because they were down huge because their defense just sucks so bad. And Kyler Murray's really good. Hey, that's you know they gave up on Josh Rosen after a year uh, one of the big unknowns and I'm not saying Josh Rosen was going to be great but to draft Kyler Murray we all knew this Kyler Murray is really good he's a really good talent people kind of fell off him last year I don't know why there's no reason to get off him he was a little bit hurt he you know he's dealing with some stuff obviously he's a little smaller we knew that but when he's healthy he's a really really good quarterback all right the next game I picked correctly so if you're Listening so far, I went two and three, and now three and three. The Chargers and Washington, I don't even know why Washington was favored in this game. I was right. Washington stinks. Washington's desire to be mediocre goes beyond the front office. It goes to the fan base. My uncle wants him to have Kirk Cousins back. I'm like, why? And I'll get to this a little bit later, but the trend of which teams win Super Bowls and which type of quarterbacks win Super Bowls, it's really astonishing to look at. Their D was still good. Washington's D is great. But you know, Justin Herbert, he played well, but he struggled a little bit because that D is so good. And so they will win some games, especially in that division on the strength of that defense. But I think Justin Herbert and the Chargers are legitimate contenders this season. And Keenan Allen is, in my opinion, one of the best wide receivers in football. He was targeted 13 times. He's always open. His route running is ridiculous. Terry McLaurin on the other side made one of the best catches I've ever seen. Um, When I saw the replay or I saw the highlight, I was scrolling through social media and I saw the highlight. At first, I thought it was an incredible interception, and that's what they were showing. I didn't realize that he made that catch through that guy. That was ridiculous. Um, I was given bad intel on this next game, Philadelphia versus Atlanta. I was told, and it could be (laughs) he's still right. Um, but I was told by Jeremy Kahn that Atlanta was going to be prolific on offense this year with Pitts and Matt Ryan, Matt Ryan got me three fantasy points. Thank you very much. Over six actually, but um, <clears throat> I lost and they stunk and Philadelphia was actually really good. And they looked good too. It wasn't just like they played well, but then again, Atlanta, I thought Atlanta was going to stink this year. So if I trusted my gut, then I would say that I was right. And maybe Philly's not that good, but they looked really good. So hard to tell San Francisco and Detroit. Um, I took the points and got burned. The line was eight in some places, some places it was eight and a half, some places it was nine and they end up winning by eight San Francisco at the end. It looked like Detroit might actually come back. Um, I think Lance will be starting very soon. And I thought Lance would be the full-time quarterback after he threw that first touchdown in the game. I was like, Oh my God, this kid could actually play. I, I, the fact that they're bringing him in in that spot shows you what they feel about Jimmy Garoppolo. Speaking of uh, what quarterbacks feel about what teams feel about their quarterback, and I'll get to the Giants a little bit later, but or I'll, I'll get to the Giants now. I was given uh, fad, uh bad intel again, it was fake rumors about Saquon being traded. Um, I don't know why I believe that it was heat of the moment, and I turned on the, the podcast recording machine and started talking about it right away. I shouldn't have done that, but um. Yeah, I think I I got this game right. I took Denver. Denver won running away. I still don't believe in Daniel Jones, but I was saying about uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, they don't believe in him there. I, the Giants, this is it. Daniel Jones shows flashes. I get it. He can run. I get it. He's fast. I get it. He's a big guy. I get it. He has a good arm, but he can't hold on to the football. He throws turn. He throws interceptions. He fumbles. Um, and again, do you want a guy who can maybe win you a couple of games, and you have to? rely on him getting hot to win a Super Bowl? Do you want a guy who has the potential to be one of the best quarterbacks in the league? And I don't think Daniel Jones has that potential. It's year three already. Um, and it's really similar to the Sam Darnold situation. The only thing is you're wasting away the career of one of the greatest running backs uh, we've seen in a while with Saquon Barkley. And it's it's tough. Um, but maybe it's an overreaction. I don't know. Again, week one, week one overreactions. But I got that game right. So now, right now, I'm sitting, uh, I want to say at, let's go one, two, three four four and one two three four five four and five right now but i'm five and five because pittsburgh and buffalo i took pittsburgh with the points i thought they'd lose but they won i didn't see a ton of that game josh allen i heard did not play great another game i didn't see a ton of but i got the correct answer which was seattle and indianapolis um i didn't watch a minute of this game to be honest um but it's what i expected i you know indianapolis is Good D kept them in it for a while. Obviously, Tyler Lockett and Russell Wilson are awesome in September. And that's it. You know, if a story comes up from this game, uh, I'll probably go watch more of it and react. New Orleans and Green Bay. This was the week one, what the F game. I, there's always a week one, what the F game. And this was it. You you could come out here with all your takes. Oh, he's going to be off the team by by week six. This is what I heard someone say today. He's going to be off the team by week six, Aaron Rodgers. No, he's not. This guy decided to come back and he he's you know, you could talk about him. Maybe he's an interesting, funky dude, and I'm obviously a huge fan of his, but one thing he is is he's a competitor. And yeah, they got blown out, and yeah, they brought in Jordan Love. All those things are true. But the dude is a huge, huge competitor. He wants to win, he wants to shut up the haters, he wants to prove that it doesn't matter. And he's not trying to stick it to green Bay or any of those things. He wants to win with them and I expect them to blow the doors off the lions on Monday night, next week. The saints. I'm not shocked. I told you they'd be good. I told you they would win 11 games. Their roster is really good. And Jameis Winston, if he can play in control in his offense, it's almost like he's a more veteran. We've seen him throw 50 touchdowns or whatever it was in a season. He just happens to have thrown 50 picks in the same season. Um, so, you know, there's more of a track record there than a guy like Sam Darnold. He's playing with a guy like Alvin Kamara. He didn't have to throw too many yards. What did he throw? 150 yards, but he threw five touchdowns. He's going to be in a system with Sean Payton and this great defense. I'm not shocked by them. I'm totally shocked by the Packers performance, but I am not shocked at all by, by how well the Saints looked. Um, and, you know, the reason, by the way, for the overreactions, everyone's overreacting to Rodgers. And one of the reasons is because when it looks bad with Rodgers, it looks bad, like the facial expressions and the body language. And I talked about this so many times last year. So, yeah, Rodgers makes bad times look even worse than they actually are. But I'm not too I'm still not concerned about them. But if you're a Saints fan, you should be pretty excited about what you have there. And I I do have a couple of comments to make about the Saints coming up in a little bit. Next game, Miami versus New England. I actually picked this correctly. I, I picked Miami in this game. Um, it was a fantastic game. Both teams looked great Tua actually showed me something. Um, like I said, we kind of went so high on them. They're one of those teams that we overrated and now they're underrated. Um, they could actually maybe compete in this division. If, if the bills come down a little bit, and I didn't talk about this when I talked about their game, but if the bills come down a little bit, like maybe it looked like they did in that week one game. Again, it's just week one, but if the bills come down a little bit, I think Miami could definitely step up. And if those three teams are really competing for the division, that would be really fun. Um, you know, Mac Jones obviously looked good. There was a lot of good there. There was, you know, some tough stuff with the fumbles and all that. I think it's a positive for both teams. Both teams can really take a positive out of this game. There's a lot to like um, for New England. New England's going to run the ball a ton. Mac Jones is going to benefit a ton from that. The defense is going to be awesome for both of those teams. I didn't learn, I don't think, anything new from either of these teams, but a lot of the stuff that we kind of knew going to this game was proven to be correct. Cleveland, and KC. Now, I took Cleveland to be the upset of the week. I got the pick correct, obviously, because they covered. But it was classic Cleveland. <laughs> I talked about how, you know, there's no bad karma. How can you believe in just a team never being good? If they can't come out of it ever, then then why are you even watching? But, I mean, Cleveland, really? You go up 22 to 10 or whatever it was, and then they blow it? I mean, just classic Baker Mayfield showed me a lot. Like, I, I still believe in Cleveland, by the way, this year. I still think they'll win this division, the the North, especially after seeing Baltimore tonight. I still think the AFC North belongs to Cleveland. But, you know, they, they, they had that game in the bag. And for a second straight time against Kansas City, they performed really well and could have and probably should have won that game. Um, but you know what? Give credit to the Chiefs. The Chiefs, I think this is the best game I've seen out of Kansas City since the Super Bowl. Uh, when they beat the the 49ers. Um, We talked about we're always waiting for them to turn it on, waiting for turning them on. That was my storyline for the Chiefs last year. And they turned it on in this game. When they went down, Mahomes started doing Mahomes things. That throw that he had to Tyreek for the touchdown looked like the throw from the Super Bowl. The plays that he had to Travis Kelsey looked like old Kansas City plays. All of a sudden, they looked like that team that we saw two years ago. And maybe that breaks them out of the funk and they just start steamrolling through the AFC like some people expected them. To do, and I, I I could be wrong, but I really think it's as good a win as they've had in over a year. Um, Baker, though, again, he made a great throw at the end, and the guy dropped it. So I, I, there's a lot of positives, even though they blew the game, and even though it's kind of a bad taste and a bad feeling at the end after jumping out to that big lead. I think there's a lot of positives. Cleveland, don't be, you know, don't overreact. Don't be Colin Coward and come here. Ah, Cleveland, this is what they do. Ah, uh, Baker Mayfield. What did I say? He wears headbands. Look at the headband quarterbacks. 0-3 this week. Zach Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, and Baker Mayfield. Um, Don't be that guy. It's week one. Come on. Chill out. He gets paid to be that guy, and he's uh, actually incredible at being that guy, and he's so talented. I I do love Colin Cowherd in a weird way, Um, but I just don't love his takes. Chicago and the Rams. Chicago's defense kept them in it for a little bit. Stafford is going to be unreal in this offense. I love it. Aaron Donald is still the best player in football. Jalen Ramsey is maybe the best tackling defensive back in the league. um, In addition to being, I think the best corner in the league, the bears defense was good. They kept him in there, but why, why continue with this charade? Why the charade of starting Dalton just to start Dalton? It's so stupid. They're going to wake up. What in week four, week five is going to take Matt Nagy getting fired for them to wake up and make the change. I don't know what it's going to take. Um, but they also do the thing where they bring in fields for a few plays. And it just makes Dalton look even worse because every time he comes in, he looks so good and he looks so ready to go. And I I don't get it. I really don't. The team is good enough to compete around. This is not if this was the Jets, if this was the Jaguars, I would understand, actually, because you don't want to put your rookie quarterback in that situation. Fine. This is not this is a team that can actually compete that hung with a team that's really good for, you know, three quarters. that they And I don't know. I'm I'm honestly I'm lost for I don't understand I I really don't understand it is it a pride what is it about the Bears and Matt Nagy just insisting that we know what Andy Dalton is why does he insist to go with him I don't get it all right so I was eight and seven going into Monday night after tonight I'm nine and seven I'm gonna come back with a few storylines some trends maybe I'll do uh teams uh tiers of teams really quick and we'll wrap it up All right, the first storyline that I have is the Are They Legit teams. Seven teams that won that we can ask, are they legit? The teams that won are New Orleans, Pittsburgh, San Francisco, Philadelphia, Arizona, and Cincinnati, and Houston. So let's go. The first team, New Orleans, are they legit? So Jameis Winston, like I said, threw five touchdowns, only had to throw 150 yards. Here's the reason why to think they are legit. Drew Brees, in a way, was holding them back last year, and this is, a weird thing to talk about as a huge Drew Brees fan, and I always have been. Um, but I think he was holding them back. There were obviously certain throws he couldn't make. It was like Peyton Manning at the end of his career. Only the league has changed drastically since then. Um, we, t- you know, I talked about how the league has changed. That it, there's so much more pl- prolific offense, and we really need a huge offense to win games. And you need to really, really need a big play ability and a quick strike ability. Um, and they didn't have that with Brees last year. Winston can manage that offense, like I said, could be a game manager in that offense with Camara and all the weapons and, you know, the game plan. But then if they need a quick strike, he can just throw a ball 80 yards downfield and throw up a prayer. And he got LASIK surgery. So Jameis LASIK Winston maybe is uh, better than we've ever seen before. So can they be legit? I think so. Pittsburgh. Um, Neither team played great in that game. It's not like either team was like, oh my God, they were really good. Buffalo wasn't either. So maybe you could say that, you know, the talent or the competition wasn't great for them, was a little weak. But this is what I said going into the year, that they're going to try and turn Ben into a game manager and try and win their, with their defense and with all the weapons and doing some gimmicky things on offense. I don't think he's holding them back like that, that show that pass that he made in the end zone is still a really nice pass. I don't think he's holding them back the way uh, Drew Brees was holding the Saints back last year, but he's obviously not the, you know, what he used to be. He's not going to put a team on his back and carry them. Uh, like he once did to, against my Jets so many years ago in the AFC Championship game, and obviously many other times aside from that. Uh, but he's not, you know. But he he could be a really good game manager if he doesn't throw too many picks. He's obviously a smart guy. I've been around, um, so I think they could be legit. But again, don't overreact from winning in Buffalo because Buffalo didn't play that great. San Francisco almost blew it. Everyone loves them. Everyone's been on this team. I kind of said eh, pump the brakes on that. They almost blow this game to uh to detroit now if trey lance starts maybe everything's different i like trey lance more than jimmy garoppolo and i think so do the 49ers um but are they legit maybe Uh, i'm gonna say maybe philly listen they looked good the division's really bad so if they put up a bunch of wins this year maybe but i still kind of want to say no i'm not sold one game not sold arizona They have a tough division, so they actually are the opposite of Philly. They might lose more games and be a better team, Um, but Kyler's really good. So if not this year, in the coming years, I think they should be very happy with what they have going on, although that's going to be a tough division for years to come, although I guess it's really a win-now opportunity for uh, Seattle and the L.A. Rams. Um, So Arizona and Trey Lance and the Niners could be controlling this division in four or five years. Cincinnati, we know the offense is going to be good. Um, so that, that I think they proved to us that the offense is going to be good in Cincinnati. Are they legit? No, I still think they'll win five games or six games, max Houston, another division. That's terrible. That division is more terrible than I thought after seeing the way Tennessee played. So are they legit? No. Can they win games again in their division? They probably can. Will they win more than four games this year? Maybe five. No. Like I said, though, it can only go up after the mess that we saw last year. Another point I wanted to make, all rookie quarterbacks showed flashes. Um, Every rookie quarterback who got a chance to play, uh, obviously Mac Jones, Zach Wilson, and Trevor Lawrence started. They all showed tremendous flashes. Um, But even the guys who came in for a couple of snaps here and there, uh, like Trey Lance and Justin Fields, (laughs) they really showed uh, flashes that they are able to play. A trend I wanted to talk about... um, And two trends I want to talk about really. So I touched on this when I was talking about the Washington football team before. Is that here are the last eight quarterbacks to win a Super Bowl. They're either Tom Brady or teams with a rookie, uh, with a guy on their rookie contract. And the one exception to that is Peyton Manning. Um, That defense carried them and Cam Newton disappeared. And the other kind of exception to that's weird is. Nick Foles won the Super Bowl, but that team was able to pay so many great players because they had Carson Wentz on a rookie contract. There's a blueprint right now in the NFL. You need a ton of offense, you need a prolific offense, you need a great offensive line, you need to pay the defensive line, you need to pay the skilled guys, you need to pay these guys. And quarterbacks either make 8 million dollars a year max on their rookie contract or they make 30 million dollars a year if they get that ex- that rookie extension. Nothing really in between if you're a good starting quarterback in this league. And when you're paying a guy $30 million, we see how hard it is to put talented pieces, even if it's just an offensive line around him, like we see in Kansas City now. It's difficult. We know what happened with Russell Wilson after they lost the second Super Bowl. They haven't been back since. With Jimmy Garoppolo um, in San Francisco, well, it was just one year removed. Uh, so we'll see what happens there. And he wasn't really on a rookie deal anyway. Um, Jared Goff has been moved since. And he also got a huge contract. The blueprint is there. You either win it while the guy is young and you could pay everyone else or you have Tom Brady who's just the goat that's what we've seen the last few years and having a guy like you know Sam Darnold or Kirk Cousins and saying oh well he can get hot Joe Flacco and Eli Manning got hot he could get hot I I think those days are over they might come back at a later time the league's always changing but right now the way the NFL is that you need a quick strike you need big plays you need what You know, even Derek Carr was able to do tonight and make those two big throws to send them into overtime. Um, I don't think a mediocre quarterback is winning a Super Bowl uh, anytime soon. Another thing, like I said, the team we expected to pop the year later is always the team that's overhyped one year and then they don't live up to it. But the next year is the year that they're even better. And the teams I want to put in that category, the Dolphins, like I said, expected them to take a big step last year if they came and won this division this year i would not be shocked the browns yes i know they had a big year last year but they were so overhyped coming into this year and everyone's like oh it's still baker um you know cool it on your expectations this year so i expect them to be really good this year seattle seahawks everyone talked about last year russell wilson never got an mvp vote this is the year this is the year and they started the season certainly looking that way and then they fell off at the end Seattle could actually be really good with everyone expecting LA and the Rams or the LA Rams to win Um, in that division. I wouldn't be shocked if Seattle came out and actually was really good flying a little bit under the radar this year. Dallas, Dallas was supposed to be great last year. Obviously, Dak gets hurt, so it's a little bit different, but there's no reason for them not to be great this year with all the weapons on offense, with all the talent and Dak coming back stronger than ever. And the last team is New Orleans. New Orleans, Everyone had them as Super Bowl favorites last year. Now Drew Brees leaves and all of a sudden you're saying they're not Super Bowl favorites anymore. I get it. He's Drew Brees. He's great. But at the same time, I think he actually limited them, like I said, last year. So those are the storylines. Um, and those are the five teams that I would say look out for. They could be really good this season. All right. I'm not going to do my full um, tiers of teams. I'll just give you my Super Bowl contenders who I think seven teams that are legitimate Super Bowl contenders after week one. They are Cleveland. Still Cleveland. Kansas City. Tampa. Buffalo, still Buffalo, still on them, at least after this week. We'll see after next week. Still Green Bay, the Rams, and Seattle. Quickly, um, the Yankees had an incredible weekend with the 9-11 stuff, baseball. With these games, baseball has hit on every one of them. The Home Run Derby was awesome. The Field of Dreams game and the All-Star games were awesome. Um, And now this 9-11 game, it seems like the Yankees are always in it. There's always a big story. And then Sunday night, that great crazy game, with um, Francisco Lindor and Stanton chirping back and forth. Then the Yankees go down 5-0 tonight, and then they come, or today, it was a day game. They come all the way back against the Twins and win. The Yankees have fallen out of a playoff spot. Um, They're hanging on by a thread. They're playing in so many, so many close games. I said this. I've never seen two teammates like Giancarlo Stanton and Aaron Judge hit so many huge home runs, and they've needed every single one of these home runs because the team has been uh, in such close games constantly. There's 18 games left. I don't know what's going to happen with this team. Um, it's been so up and down. And one thing I will say, like I've said before, I don't want to put too, many, too much hopes on this team. But at the same time, with all this experience of playing in close games, and yes, they've won a lot of them. Yes, they've lost a lot of them and in heartbreaking fashion. Um, and yes, they've had crazy big hits and then ultimately lost games. They've had crazy big hits and ultimately won games. Um, but with all that, they'll have more experience than anyone else in, NF- in uh, playoff-type environments. I still don't trust the bullpen. I don't trust anyone past Cole uh, in the starting rotation. So I wouldn't expect a ton from this team. It would kind of serve them right if they just did not make the playoffs. Aaron Boone, I think, is coaching for his job at this point, moving labor over to second for the remainder of the season. I think he's in desperation mode. It's 18 games left, and I think he has to make the playoffs to keep his job. Um, I like Aaron Boone. I, I, you know, at some point the players just have to perform. So I think the this l- latest stretch of disappointments is on the players. I think Stanton and judge are the exception. Um, they've been trying to carry this team, but even them, you're not always, always going to be hot. And when one guy is hot, it helps the other guy be hot. So it kind of goes hand in hand. If they make the playoffs, I have no idea what team they're going to be day to day, week to week, forget about it. Um, So, It's going to be curious to see what happens the rest of the way. All right. I don't know when the next time I'm going to be recording is. I'll try and get something up before the weekend, but enjoy Thursday night football. Um, Everyone have a sweet new year. If you're uh, Jewish, um, have a good, meaningful, fast, and Yom Kippur coming up. And uh, NFL week one in the books, week two coming up. I'll see you guys a little bit later.
1: Thank you